lot of these pieces like around like financial freedom, right? There's like really cool tools. So those tools will bring awareness. They'll let you see like what it is that I'm doing. And then from the awareness, I think you can change behavior, right? Because once you get really clear of like, holy smokes, I didn't realize I was doing that. Like if you talk to people, some of the, <clears throat> some of the, some of the people I've met in my life, you know, are, you know, they're 300 pounds. And they said, I said, Scott, I don't know how I got to 300 pounds and I, and I can't seem to lose any weight, you know? And I was like, well, what's your awareness about what are you putting in your mouth? You know? And they're like, well, I was like, can you tell me what are all the things that you ate yesterday or even today? And I'm like, no, I can't, right? Well, it's because the awareness isn't there to know like what it is that we're doing. We're on autopilot, you know, to it, to just appease like a short-term impulse, you know, that we would have. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Scott Smith here with me today. He is the founder and CEO of Royal Legal Solutions, one of the top asset protection companies for real estate investors in the country. To be specific, he provides niche advice for 29,000 real estate investors, representing most of the United States with holdings of over $4.5 billion. He is, a, uh, he is an attorney. He's built this business up, and we're going to dive deep into what he sees out there uh, on the actual front line with investors and some of the challenges that they face and actually pull the curtain back on the, on the, on the real work that happens after you buy the property. So Scott, welcome to the show. Hey Cody. Great to be here, brother. Hey man, I appreciate that. I, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show with me today. Um, so we kind of talked just a little bit offline there, but you said you basically started Royal Legal Solutions only six years ago right? Yeah. It was uh, six years ago. Um, I had, what happened is I bought my first property when I was in law school at a transmission and auto repair shop. Um, and I'd flipped that property to graduate out of law school without any debt. Uh, and then as I was working in litigation, suing insurance companies, um, what happened was like, I kept taking all the extra money I was making working for the firm and I was buying more and more and more real estate. Uh, so as I bought more real estate, I ran into um, a lot of the same problems that most real estate investors and most people seeking financial freedom run into, which is, well, well, actually buying the asset actually isn't that hard. It's all of the other things that you have to do uh, that comes into place. And that's what the birth of Royal Legal Solutions was, is people ask me, hey, Scott, what are you doing? Hey, this is what I'm doing. And then I accidentally started a law firm helping people put together the same stuff I had to put together for myself. So I got to back up one bit. You were in law school and brought a garage. Yeah, yeah, transmission and auto repair shop with a partner that was also sat next to me in law school. His name was Sean Smith, and I was Scott really? Smith. And he's like, hey, well, we got this business we could buy. Um, has this dilapidated building we buy for the back taxes. You want to give it a go? And I was like, ah, why not? Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. And, just, uh, just took action, right? Took imperfect action? Yeah, well, you know, it was ten grand, and I got a building in an active business. And so really? I was like, all right, well, you 
Yeah. Uh, you gotta walk me. You gotta walk me through that deal. Yeah, well, it's like a dilapidated. We literally had to rebuild the walls of this commercial building, right? Like it was just a real dump in like a sketchy part of town. Um, and for ten uh, grand. For ten grand, right? So I was like, well, for ten grand, I could turn around and resell it if I needed to, or you know, yeah. whatever, right? But like, I might be able to um, run the shop and actually make cash flow out of it to pay for all of my law school expenses. Um, and we did, and then we flipped the asset after when we graduated to pay uh, off our loans. So we were actually able to graduate from out of school without any debt. Now we had to work, you know twice or three times as hard as everybody else those years. Right. But, you know, I still have friends, you know, I just turned 35. Right. But I, I still have friends that are still paying off their law school debt. Right. Oh Yeah. Probably for quite a long time. Actually, after that, still, they're going to be still just uh, on the minimum payments. It's an insane the amount of money they have to pay back. Yeah. It, it's incredible, you know, and, and what I was committed to from like a really young age was this idea of like, how do you become financially free? So that way you don't have to be beholden to somebody else. Right. And, um, and that's kind of actually really been my drive. E even through law school, I just, you know, I only went to law school because I thought I should really, right? But like my passions have always been around, you know, what is it that you actually have to do to become financially free? Who are the smartest people I can talk to that actually have made it? Um, and the scary part about it is, is that most people, even the ones that make it, don't know how to teach it. You know, yeah. they're just like, oh, well, this is kind of how it worked out for me. Um, and, and that's really what's been fun for me is actually having uh, this law firm and being able to work with so many clients all over the country as I get to see like what are all the best practices and then I get to teach about them on my own podcast and my Facebook groups and that kind of stuff. And to me, that's like really what lights me up, you know, is to yeah. be out there and be able to teach on that. No, I love that because that's the thing is that you found that kind of passion, that thing, like you said, lights you up. That's one of my favorite things because like there's, there are certain things that we talk about and it might, you know, whatever it is, it's like we all have, we've we kind of, you know, we, our shoulders go back and we're like, what? Yeah, we're going to talk about this now. We get kind of excited about it. And so um, as you went in, you mentioned something a minute ago. As a, as, even as a young person, you knew that you wanted to be financially free. Like, what do you think sparked that or planted the seed? Well, I think it was the first part was that like uh, my family didn't have much money, right? I mean, my father passed away when I was three years old. My mom was a school teacher. There's four kids in my family. Um, and I can see that there was a big difference between people that knew how to handle money and how they lived and then people that didn't know how to handle money. And it's not like we had a bad life or anything like that, but it's just, there's a, there's a world of difference. There's a world of peace. There's a world of security. There's a world of that, um, that intangible substance that makes life better um, when you're not having to worry about money. Right. And you're not having to worry about that stuff. And so from like a really young age, um, I just knew that that was something that I really wanted, that I was really interested. Um, I was really interested in money and how money like would work and how do you get money and how do you start businesses. Uh, and as I've gotten older, what I realized is that, well, it wasn't really money I was seeking. What I was really seeking was that security. And, and that's where I think financial freedom, passive income, um, litigation protection, estate planning, all of these things that you have to do to really secure your future really became the puzzle pieces, right? So money was just the start. It was like one part of a much broader landscape of what you really need to do to have that uh, peace of mind and, and real freedom. Yeah, you know, that's a, um, that's, a, that's a wonderful point because I think that uh, – a lot of you know that old saying like money doesn't buy happiness like uh, uh, that's that's fine but for me when i think about like money doesn't buy happiness like i have had money and i have been 
beyond broke, like 700 grand in whole, no job, bank, like basically in bankruptcy. Like it was a lot easier when I had money. Like things were, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily like that I was unhappy when I was broke, but things were just easier because I was able to have peace of mind. And then I was able to go out and make bigger and better decisions because I wasn't beholden to what I had to go do every day. And I think that that's where a lot of that peace comes from is that you can make right decisions, not just necessity, you know, necessary decisions. I think that's, I think that's right. You know, you get, um, you get to a place where like just things are easier when you have more money, you know? Um, and one of the, I was reading this book the other day, um, it's called the man who lived without money. His name is Swallow. And he's actually lived without money since like 2006 or something. Right now he does it by like dumpster diving behind REI to grab like tents and supplies. And then he um, goes to grab food from, you know, um, people that are throwing away food and he knows where like there's fresh like squash and stuff that lives around him. And he lives like in the national parks and like all this stuff. Right. And it's this amazing story about like his ability to actually be completely free of uh, he's completely provided for, right, by the ways in which that he's able to go out there in the world to be able to get what he needs. Um, and he has no fear of not being able to get his needs met, right? And I was like, that's one form of financial freedom is that you can reduce it down to zero, yeah. you know, into it. That's not my path. I like having nice houses and cars and stuff. That's the lifestyle I enjoy. So I have to go, I do businesses and I have to do assets and all of that kind of stuff. So well, I think that a lot of times people think that you have to be rich to be financially free, and that's not really it. I mean, I, it, for me, what it really turned out to be is like, well, you have to get really in tune with yourself of knowing like what is the lifestyle that you really need to actually have all of your needs met and get really honest about that and then start architecting a way that you can get those needs met. Because if you can do Swellow's route and be totally cool with that, holy smokes, you can be financially free tomorrow. Yeah, you know, that's a great uh, insight in the fact that like, there's two inputs, right, to financial freedom. There's uh, passive income and expenses, you know. And if you ha if you can work on both of those, but if you can bring that expenses down a certain amount, I think it makes it a lot more attainable, right? So when people think, oh, you got to be, you know, like you said, you got to be rich to be financially free. Well, if you have $2,500 a month in complete bills, if you can find a way to make $2,500 a month in passive income, you're financially free. That was mind-blowing to me when I was 29 years old and I read about FIRE for the first time, you know, F-I-R-E, financially independent, retire early. I didn't know there was this whole community and thing. And like, all I knew at that point in my life, I was like, I wanted that. And I was like, I'm going to have that in 10 years, you know? And, uh, and I started working towards it. And as I started learning, like there were a lot of things that like, I didn't give up, you know, all of my spending or anything, but I started to prioritize what I really, what mattered to me. Right. You know, and like the, the, I guess the example is always like the coffee, right? Like the $4 coffee or whatever. But honestly, like that was one of the things I gave up going to buy lunches. Cause I was like, I don't, I just rather eat what I had last night. Like I started making, it wasn't like, I was like, I have to do this, but it was just like, okay, I'm start prioritizing because I want to spend that money on something else. You know, I think that's a big, I think that's a big aha to where if you can reduce the expenses like that, like you're talking about, you could go, you, you can, you can live like a, uh, what is it, Swallow? <laughs> yeah, you can live like Swallow out there, you know, yeah. right? You can get there. And, and, you know, I've worked with a lot of guys that are like you, Cody, or at least like where you were in the past, right? I mean, that's what a lot of what we're doing right now with our Facebook groups and a lot of our, our large group kind of coaching is around this, this idea of like, how do you actually know what it is you need to do? right? Because mm -hmm. I think you were intuiting it, right? You were saying, well, actually, if I don't have this lunch, I'll get closer to 
what I'm actually trying to achieve this other objective, right? So you're, you're making yeah. intuitive based decisions uh, to be able to get you there. And we do that all the time, right? But one thing that we know from the entrepreneurship world is that the moment that we actually start to really closely analyze and look at hard numbers around anything that we do, the mere um, act of looking and getting specific around what those numbers are puts more energy into those numbers and then drives those numbers further, right? And that's true in every business. Um, it's been, it's just universally true, right? Like if you want to lose weight, jumping on the scale doesn't actually help you lose any weight, but being conscious and aware of what your weight is every single day, well, all of a sudden you start to make different kinds of decisions based upon um, being conscious of that number. So one of the things that we did is we actually I developed something that we call a one sheet and it's a one sheet financial tracker that has, you know, what is your passive income, your active income, your tax rates, how much money do you have left over from your, um, after your expenses. So you need to know your true expense rate. Okay. After all the money that you have, what is your return on your entire portfolio? How much does that actually give you um, in terms of a, a path to your financial freedom number? Right. And so what we are always working with is, is people is you need to get down to really know like what your numbers are, because the moment that you do, you're starting to see the impact of skipping lunch, you know, yeah. and, and taking a sandwich where you're like, holy smokes, that skipping lunch actually cut six months off of my financial freedom timeline. You know, like what other things could I be doing? And then you start to feel really good about skipping lunch instead of like, well, my friends are ragging on me because I'm not going out to lunch. And you're like, I don't know, I'm feeling awesome because I just cut six months off my timeline. And that's awesome. That's what I really want. Yeah, there's two things in there that I would say that I hear is that, um, you know, well, there's two ways to say those. But I always said, whatever you put light on shines, right? So if you start to say, okay, what I, these are the things I'm paying attention to, they'll start to improve automatically. Tracking equals improvement almost across the board in businesses, and um, which is a great approach on that one sheet. And so the other thing is that, like, when you objectively look at, like, what I wanted, what I wanted wasn't to go have lunch every day. What I wanted was to be able to, um, you know, uh, I wanted to be able to build passive income so that I could be retired early so that I could spend my time doing something impactful that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be told when I had to be somewhere and where I had to go. Right. And maybe that just comes from like the fighter inside of me, but <laughs> you know, but when I knew that, when I was like, okay, in four years from now, this is where I'm going to be. And in eight years from now, that's where I'm going to be. And in 10 years, I can go do what I want. You know, and I knew that. Otherwise, I was like, I don't want to do this for 30 years. And that why became bigger for me than the lunch or as the example, right? But I was also tracking those things because it was like, okay, 15 bucks a day or $20 a day is $600 a month. Like I could have $7,200 at the end of the year and I don't have a dime saved. Like I'd be in a totally different mentality if I had $7,000 in the bank today. Yeah, and, like, and probably yeah. even a different mentality if you took that $7,000 and could find a way to invest it and earn 20% on it. So you're like, well, now I have $1,400 that comes in passive. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. You're like, holy yeah. smokes, now I'm, you know, those are, those are like the chain reactions of power right? Is what I, as I typically think about it, is like, how do you want to become the most powerful person you can think of is, well, I need to get really clear on like what it is I want. And then I start building in the security to that plan into yeah. it. Um, and that's the, the, the biggest drivers I see is like, if you just starting that path makes you so much more of a powerful person than the other people that typically most of us are around in our day to day, you know, uh, lives out there, like in the world. Um, that like it changes your mentality. It actually drives and exponentially increases your ability to be able to get what it is you want. 
because like the, the reality of the situation is from my perspective and here and like a little meta is that the powerful people win like they win and they get what they want but the question is is always what makes somebody powerful and what i see that makes people powerful is that they have really clear intentions about what it is that they want and that they're taking the right actions to go after them and that when they do that there's a shift inside of them that now other people um that they're the, the leader right they just de facto become the leader and nothing really has changed they don't have to tell anybody they're the leader other people just look at them and say like wow you're the leader so a lot of times when i'm working with young people what i always talk to them about is saying like you don't need to figure out how you're going to be the leader or anything else in there you really just need to figure out what exactly it is that you want right and if you don't know what it is you want well now there's a whole other whole other process you have to go through because you're not really ready to start working on achieving anything because you don't actually know what it is you want to achieve yet so you need to go out and you need to go travel you need to experience more things to find out like what it is that you really want out there that makes it all worthwhile and i think if more people did that you would find that we wouldn't have this type of um, confusion and chaos inside of young people today and, and well adults too right but yeah. really big inside of young people today from what i can tell you know that's uh that's something that you mentioned there that you're going you'd have to know what direction you're going to be the leader right you can't be the leader and be like where are we going guys right and be like no no no. this is where we're going whoever wants to go with me let's go right and so i think that that kind of innately comes in there that you have to decide what it is that's a great concept to think about because you have to know where you're going or at least where you want to go you may not know how to get there but at least you're heading in that direction and i think i think there's a i just just as we were listening to you there's a piece where like we talk about financial freedom which is something that we hear a lot but I think for me, what it was is that I actually had financial control, right? Yeah. And it was like, I could choose now what I wanted to do. I was telling my money where to go. And when I started doing that, I started telling it to go to better places, right? <laughs> I got tired of just shelling it out to Chase and to uh, Capital One and all those fun people. And uh, I started realizing like, well, okay, well, that $600 now if I paid this off in three months, now I have $900. And it was like, once I had the $900, I was like, I paid that off. Now I've got $1,500 a month. And I was like, now I'm really in control. Right. And that's, and I, I, that's such a powerful tool that you guys are putting out there. And, and just an analysis of a one sheet, like, where's my money going? What am yeah, I, where does it go? For? Yeah. Right? Like if, if the, if your money were soldiers, right. Like, where are they going? Yeah. If you're paying off credit card bills every month, you're just sending them off to die, right? Because <laughs> then you got to recruit more soldiers, right, to come into it, you know? That's fine. And, and I think it's, like, one of those things that, like, you know, you a lot of these pieces, like, around, like, financial freedom, right? There's, like, really cool tools. So those tools will bring awareness. They'll let you see, like, what it is that I'm doing. And then from the awareness, I think you can change behavior, right? Because once you get really clear of, like, holy smokes, I didn't realize I was doing that. Like, if you talk to people, some of the – some of some of the people I've met in my life, you know, are, you know, they're 300 pounds. And I said, I said, Scott, I don't know how I got to 300 pounds and I, and I can't seem to lose any weight, you know? And I was like, well, what's your awareness about what are you putting in your mouth? You know? And they're like, well, I was like, can you tell me what are all the things that you ate yesterday or even today? And I'm like, no, I can't. Right. Well, it's because the awareness isn't there to know like what it is that we're doing we're on autopilot, you know, to it, to just appease like a short term impulse, you know, that we would have. So I, I would, I would look at if anybody out there was like struggling about like, well, how am I spending money? I'm not really spending money in a way that's going to get me to financial freedom and I don't know how to change. I'd really look at the underlying belief structures around that to say, are you spending money like you would, like you would be by taking a drug? 
because you're not really cognizant of what you're spending money on. You're just doing it to fulfill like a short-term impulse because it makes you feel better in that moment. And the reality of the underlying situation is probably you don't have anything better to live for right now than to just appease your impulse. And what you must do at that point is find a better reason to live. And you have to, the way, and the way that you do that is find it out what is it that you really want and do the deep soul searching to find that big why. And until you do that, you'll just be just like any other alcoholic or drug addict or person that's overweight and can't lose weight or anything like that. Money is just another extension of the same type of behavior into that. And we know healthy behaviors are the ones that drive us forward to more towards what we want. And that's how we define like what the good is. That's pretty deep, man. That's uh, I, I really appreciate that. So um, I want to, uh, that's just a great takeaway. Um, I want to shift gears in this because I have you on as an expert in protecting these assets, right? So we're talking about going to acquire them and what you need to do in the mindset shift to, to be able to go out and acquire some, let's call it some level of wealth. I mean, you guys have 29,000 real estate investors and I imagine they're all not wealthy, right? But they're all uh, in different levels of where they are along their path. And so um, where are some of the similarities that you've seen? And maybe some of the, maybe you can kind of level out where you see your different tiers of clientele. And yeah. then what do you see as similarities of the, maybe the lowest tier to the highest tier? I imagine as you go through that many people and being someone as, as outside, outside thinking as you are, you are able to see kind of patterns and how to get to the next level. Could you kind of walk through that? Yeah, for sure. That was a long um, question. I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, no, that's good. No, this is this is a typical question for me, right? So this is actually one of the frameworks that I really, really enjoyed um, thinking about over the years. Um, one of the insights that I, I think I'm uniquely kind of positioned to because of the the volume and the types of people that I deal with um, to talk about. So I'm glad to to answer it. Um, so the the reality, the, the reality of the situation is that there's there's two paths, right? One is like a path to riches, and the other one I think is like a path to wealth, right? So not all of my clients are rich, right? Meaning they have like a ton amount of assets, but they all are on a pathway to greater wealth. But they understand that like, hey, there's a wealthier life out here if I look at life more holistically than just money. Of what are all the other things that I can be doing, experiencing, creating etc right and part of that is this richness creation to create more riches in the world right go through it so um i think that like creating the riches actually leads you to wealth and the, the reality situation is that the path to wealth is always the same right um and the path to riches some is is almost always the same it's like having like the same car but throwing on different coats of paint right and that's why we can take something like the one sheet and be like nope this is the rubric if you master this rubric you will have mastered what it is to create more wealth and create more riches in your life, right? So the first thing that we always look at is is, is really going to be looking at, um, one is tax optimization, right? If you have more, if, if it's, it's really like taxes, the way we look at it, it's like it's another form of expense, right? So the first thing you'd wanna ever do is say, well, what are my expenses that I'm having? How can I save more money? Because if I save more money, then I can invest more money to create more passive income right? Passive income and secured assets is the way to financial freedom. And it's already given you something to work with, right? Yeah. So because, because you've already got that income, you're not trying to yeah. move the needle and think outside the box and do all these extra work. Like you're literally just keeping more of what you have. 
just keep more of what you have. It's, it's hard to actually go out and create a whole nother business or a whole nother income stream. Um, a lot of times, especially at the very beginning of this journey, you'll probably find yourself thinking that you have to trade more time to create more money. And that itself will just stop you in your tracks because you'll be like, well, I can't actually work any harder than I am right now. I'm already exhausted. Well, don't work any harder. Just play defense a lot harder right? Yeah. Do the hard stuff of downgrading your lifestyle if you have to, right? Save money on lunches. Do, do all of those things that whatever you need to do to pay to play bigger defense, you have to figure out like what you can actually do with that because that's a personal decision for you. But at the end of the day, the most impactful thing you can do, do first is cut expenses. The second thing you can do is save money on taxes. Taxes are just like another form of expense. I, I would call that hiring a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah right. that's right. Yeah. I think that I honestly believe that. I mean, I think there's a few there's a few professions in your life that you need really, really good people at, and they're not expensive, even though they might be costly, right? Yeah, that's CPA, attorney, you know, uh, accountant, you know, the bookkeeper, the the uh, insurance person, and uh, and a banker, right? Like you need kind of those professions that if you can get in really well with, it's almost you're almost guaranteed to have a much better life then if you, if you don't want to pay for those things, they're going to cost you a lot more. Yeah, 100%. And as you go through like that, that'll be one of the things a lot of people, if they start at this very lowest level, where you're trying to save like all the money you possibly can, it's hard for them to spend money on expert advice, right? Because they, they've already ingrained themselves with this belief system that they need expert advice. So I say that my thresholds are like, once you start earning, let's say you're self-employed, once you start earning more than $50,000 a year, this is when you need to start paying for expert advice because this is when it can really start to matter um, quite a bit. So um, at the very beginning of any entrepreneurial uh, endeavor, I say you always should start with an LLC. The reason why is because if somebody sues you for your business, you can't allow them to affect your credit score. In the very beginning of your journey, your credit score is your access to capital. That's because it's what money you can borrow. So you have to protect that. If you lose your money and you lose your credit score, you're out of the game for years until you can rebuild a credit score, right? So you have to protect your credit score. You have to get an LLC to start. Then once you start getting to the $50,000 level, um, you're gonna use that same LLC. You're gonna file an S corporation tax selection with it. And that's gonna save you an extra 7% off of your taxes because you're gonna be able to avoid self-employment tax at that point. Now, once you start getting over um, that level of money, right? You'll say like, great, I'm making 50, now I'm 80, I'm 90, I'm 100,000. You're gonna start seeing that you have significant cash left over at the, end of the, at the end of the day, especially if you're keeping your expenses low, right? So don't increase your lifestyle as you make more money, just put more money in the bank, keep playing defense, and then take that money and start pushing it into um, cash flowing passive income asset. The reason why people like real estate is because historically it stays pretty stable over time, especially like single family homes, right? They're easy things to buy and understand them. They stay pretty stable in their pricing. You know, you can rent them out um, to cash flow on them. And those are great first assets um, to get into with the extra money that you've saved by just being smarter, you know, with your taxes and keeping your lifestyle low. Um, and from there, you see a lot of people within 10, 12 years, a lot of times are able to retire because they have a, a decent income, but their expenses are really low and they just keep picking up single family homes. They get 10 to 12 of them and they're like, okay, cool. I'm out of the game. And they just, all they had to do was buy one new home a year. Right. And they're like, oh, cool. That was all it took me when I was out. And then they're, you know, they're retired by 40 or 35 sometimes. Yeah, no, that's a, um, I love that breakdown because that's achievable, right? I think that many times um, what keeps people out of the game in the first place is that they don't believe that it's achievable, 
right? That's what we kind of talked about that mindset piece. It, that's, that was so important that you started off the conversation that we went down that route first was to find that why, find out what you want, go to, you know, decide that those things are bigger than what you have going on in your life right now. And then here's a pathway to get up there, right? And so that's an awesome uh, paint by numbers uh, type of way to go through. And that's why I asked you about how people come in through their levels. And so once you've got somebody who's got, um, has kind of followed that path and lived below their means, saved the money, built the passive, now they're getting into, uh, we'll call it a wealth creation position, right? So we'll call it 10 houses at $100,000 a piece, a million dollars. Now they're there. The problems change, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, the problems start to change after that you get the, the second house. Right, because with, with, with the problems that you have when to the very beginning, you're like, well, I didn't have enough money and I can't buy these assets. Well, that problem you've already figured it out. And the next problem comes in and say, it's like, well, I've actually had this money and I pushed into the assets. What other risks are there, right? That could actually set me back, right? Um, so one of the major risks that can happen to people is lawsuits, right? Um, I, I found this out when I was suing insurance companies and insurance companies are actually profit-seeking corporations. But a lot of times they do a great job of being able to cover claims, but when claims get expensive, they don't cover them. And what that meant is that my clients then would have to turn around and sue the insurance company to make them pay. And sometimes they are successful, sometimes they weren't. But at the end of the day, my client was actually in a position to lose everything. So I actually had a friend of mine who didn't put the LLC structures in place. And he should have multiple LLCs because he had multiple assets. Or he should have had a series LLC, which would have been even better to protect his assets. But he didn't. He owned everything in his personal name, which meant that when he got sued for a breach of contract of a, with a deal that he was doing, they were able to come after him for everything that he owned. And because it was a breach of contract action, none of it was covered by his insurance. They denied all the coverage. So then he lost $3 million from a single lawsuit. It was devastating for him, right? And all he would have had to do was some simple LLC structuring, right? And some simple LLC structuring would have cost him a couple thousand dollars, but would have saved him millions, right? And the reason I think this is so important is because on your pathway to financial freedom, it's not just the money coming in. It's how do you make sure you don't have setbacks? Because as long as you're going up the hill steadily, you can keep doing that literally for forever. Like you'll never run out of energy because you have like another goal and you're working towards your goal. You're going to feel great. Once you have like a significant setback, those things take adversity to a new level to be able to come back from that. And not a lot of people do, right? There's only a small percentage of the people that experience significant adversity and come back. That's why we like hearing their stories because they're inspirational, not because they're great and you want to experience that. But you can build in these safeguards if you have the right professionals to counsel you on the tax and the asset protection and the state planning to say, hey, this is how we actually secure the freedom over time. And the best ways you can do that is actually with LLCs. You know, um, there's something in there that I wanted to kind of unpack just to say this, but like most people don't realize that lawsuits aren't generally settled on who's right and who's wrong. Never. Right? The majority of it doesn't matter. It doesn't right? matter who's honest. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's honesty goes right out the window. No, it doesn't matter. It's just who, it's a business. It, 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 yeah, it's a business. And so it's like you end up, you know, where it's at some point it gets very, very expensive just to defend you that being right. Right. And even, even, even the very beginning of these lawsuits go, it's five to $10,000. Right? right. So one thing that we've actually had a lot of success with is, is doing the right kind of structuring, putting anonymity in place, as well as using um, LLCs and series LLCs is that you can build a castle of protection. You can hide the assets. You can hide the ownership of the companies. 
Um, so that way, if anybody comes to look to sue you, it looks like you qualify for food stamps. So you don't look like you're a good target for the lawsuit. And if they do come, instead of having one big pool of money, we can chop up all the money into these little pockets. So there's not very much money that they can actually come, come after. And that's the beauty of the LLCs. And when you do it that way, you can actually get the lawsuits to drop. And the cost to be able to set up even these castles of protection of structure is less than even a single lawsuit that you'd had to pay for the attorney's fees before you even pay the settlement. Just the attorney's fees from a single lawsuit is more than if you actually just set it up, how you can just negate the whole issue to begin with. So what you keep saying a series LLC, what is that? Yeah. So, um, the old technology, right, in the legal field is just LLCs, right? And LLCs are treated like separate people. So if your LLC owns all of your money and your assets and somebody sues you, they can't actually get to your money and your assets. Like rich people, they don't own things. They have LLCs that own things. That way you can sue the rich person all day long and you can't get to any other stuff. The series LLC has been around for about 20 years and you can form it in Texas, Delaware, Nevada, or Wyoming. And then you can use it anywhere in the country based upon the full faith and credit clause of the constitution. And with that, you can create one LLC with one EIN number, one bank account, one tax return with it. But what's special about it is it can have children that are called child series of the series LLC. And each child series of a series LLC, each one of these children are free to create, but they act just like LLCs. And you don't have to pay anything to form them. You don't have to pay anything to maintain them. You don't have to get EIN numbers for them, bank accounts, nothing. So what it allows you to do is have an infinitely scalable company it costs you nothing to scale and there's nothing extra there to maintain. So for real estate investors, this is an amazing thing because now you can take each one of your properties and put it into its own bucket. So if there's ever a lawsuit against one property, they can't come after you and they can't come after any of your other properties. And when you do that, right, it's the business decision. There's not enough money there for them to come after. So the lawsuits just get dropped. That's one thing I think that, like you just said, what can the suing person expect to get out of the lawsuit is one of the, is probably the biggest driver of why you would sue someone right yeah. so yeah, it's like going to vegas <laughs> put chips on the table and then they roll some dice and then they want to know what the payoff is going to be so if you lower the payoff right to it and you hide the other assets so they can't find and it like looks really low and they're, they're really there's a lot of risk associated with actually having to spend a bunch of money on attorney's fees now all of a sudden it's a bad bet And business decisions and lawsuits are made just like any other bets are. And once you understand that, you understand how the game is played and it's not about right and wrong and who's honest and you understand it's about business decisions. Well, now you can put tactical structures in place to make it a really bad bet for them to ever come after you. So do you find it then it'd be harder for financing in that scenario because the assets inside? No, it hasn't been because what you do is that you just simply disclose that information to the bank with your accounting records, right? And we're not worried about disclosures to a bank because those are private disclosures. What we're worried about is what are the public disclosures because that's what attorneys are using to make a decision on whether it's a good bet to sue you. So we don't, we don't have any problems with uh, getting the financing. You can actually still use these structures and still get Fannie, you know, the conforming loans for your first 10 loans. Cause you can buy the asset in your personal name with that financing. You can deed the property into a land trust that's owned by your series LLC structure and avoid the due on sale clause and produce the anonymity. Um, you have everything that's created there. It ties back to a law firm and into a lawyer. So it's all protected by the attorney client privilege. So they can't even ask any questions about it. You just create these like layer upon layer upon layer of protection um, that creates that. And, and because we specialize with real estate investors and that's what our long thing is that that's really 
where we've had to figure out all of like the little tweaks of like how do you actually do this to, to make it all work and still be optimized to make the most money because at the end of the day you got to be making as much money as you can right mm -hmm. and so um let's say you were doing that and you had 10 properties you did the 10 children uh llcs can you then and you used a one EIN number. So does it one, like do you, is it all individual bank accounts and separate and all that stuff? Like, Yeah, you actually can manage everything through one EIN number and one bank account, as long as your tax returns state the income and expenses. I'm sorry, as long as your accounting records state the income and expenses separately, right? So it's like simple tagging, like this expense and this income is for property A, this one's for property B, C, D, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and the reason you don't need separate bank accounts for all the individual child series because one, it's a it's a single entity series LLC. This is something special about it. But two, you can show the court that you're treating these as separate companies because I can track the income and expenses to each company separately. I'm not treating as if it were all one business. I'm treating as if they were they were separate businesses. And at the end of the day, that's really what the court is using to determine um, if you are doing any commingling or anything like that that would otherwise expose you to uh, to liability there. But one EIN number means you get to treat all like one entity. So you end up with one tax return or no tax returns if you have it as a discarded entity. That's pretty deep, man. I've not heard that explained at all anywhere. Uh, and I've been in finance for 20 years, including being a commercial banker and a mortgage broker for uh, eight of those. So that's a, um, that's a pretty unique way to set that up and to protect the assets, protect the individual assets. That's a great, uh, excuse me that's a great path for once you've gotten past that first level into the sophisticated investor, because again, like we talked about it, the best wealth building is keeping what you already have. Absolutely. You, yeah, you got to keep whatever you got. Yeah, yeah. As you go into it. And that's why we, we look at these things as saying, you know, once you start having two plus properties, and, and you're starting to like really get serious about like, I know what my future is going to be like, then it makes sense to put in this kind of infrastructure to build with the end in mind. Cause you don't ever want to redo anything, especially infrastructure level redos are really expensive, really cumbersome. Um, you don't, you don't want to go that route into it. But if people are just starting out, I'd say just get a single LLC. Like just one LLC is dramatically better. Like remember my friend who lost the $3 million, right? Yeah. He would have been protected much better if he just had the single LLC. Once you know you're on that path and you're, you're clear about like where you're going, then spend the money to put together the, the right infrastructure that's going to allow you to scale while keeping your operations really simple, keep your tax return simple, you know, and, and do it the, do it the right way then. Could you, could you 1031 into like, cause so if you have an LLC with property in it, and you were selling that property and you're wanting to do a 1031, could you 1031 back into multiple children LLCs? Yeah, so 1031 exchanges, uh, just, just to make sure everybody understands that, what Cody's talking about is like it's an IRS provision that says like if I sell a property and I have all the gain, I can defer paying taxes on all the gain. Um, as long as I push that money back into like kind property. And um, so what you do as a real estate investor is that you have this property that appreciates, you sell it. And instead of taking those profits in, what you do is you, you can split it into like multiple other properties. Right. Um, and uh, you're able to do that by using these structures uh, with the series LLC structure that we have here, because it's treated as a disregarded entity for tax purposes. Ultimately it all still is you. So IRS is going to look at it like that. So you could take your million dollars in gain and then push it into a bunch of new properties and still hold those as a series LLC and still be 1031 exchange qualified. Wow. That's uh, I know that's pretty far into with, with what we're talking about and on a podcast, but I hope, <laughs> I mean, but that's, 
that's just uh, I've never heard anybody talking about that before. And I think that it's an amazing um, avenue because it's such a protection layer in there because you've got multiple LLC layers, individual LLCs for each property. And then you can still go through Fannie financing to pull single family residences and 1031 exchanges and all that stuff. And so, well, Scott, listen, um, I want to pick your brain some more, but uh, we've got, we're running out of time. And so um, I want to ask, you know, where, where is the best place that if somebody is looking, why don't we do this? Why don't you talk about the different layers of people that should connect with you and then where they should come find out find you? Yeah. So I would say that anybody that currently has uh, investments in real estate, even if you just are, um, have like maybe one or two properties, um, those are going to be great people to connect with. If you're really thinking about, you know, do I want to get into real estate, but uh, you know, I, I've been waiting to learn more about like, what, how do I actually do this? Um, do I need LLCs? How do I manage the taxes? All of those operational pieces that might've been keeping you from taking action. Best thing to do is just go to the royallegalsolutions.com website. And then at the very top, it'll be a button that says, take a quiz. And go through and take that quiz and that's going to give us all of the background information we need to have a meaningful conversation with you and, and from there um, you'll be paired with our advisory team that'll be able to walk you through what are going to be the, the next steps that are going to be appropriate uh, for you our very most entry level thing that we do for people is a, a membership for 97 dollars a month which gives you unlimited access to our staff all of our training materials all the information that you've had here today like to the nth degree right like i built this company i built Royal Legal Solutions for the express purpose of being able to teach people here's what here's how it all works and here's how one cohesive system between the asset protection the tax the scalability the estate planning how it all works together and so all you have to do is just go to royallegalsolutions.com and click the take a quiz at the top we have a ton of free resources that are there for you once you connect with my staff they'll be able to introduce you and recommend those free resources for you we'll have paid options for you if you want to be able to get you know into the details of like what's my plan look like what is it that i exactly need to do um, so no matter who you are, um, all you have to do is just go to royallegalsolutions.com, go to the very top of that page, take the quiz, um, and then we'll be able to start recommending resources for you for education for free um, or, or ways that we can look at, you know, how can we actually put this together uh, with you and strategize about what your future to financial freedom is going to look like. You know, that's fantastic, man. I, w I went to the website and it's really well done. So it's, it, I, I started, you know, we'll go into the quiz and those kind of, it's super easy. So if you're listening to this and it sounded really complicated and we were, you know, way into the investment strategies and those kinds of things, just remember that's what experts are for, right? And this thing is super simple. It's very easy to answer these questions. I went through the, um, the uh, quiz section and uh, I highly recommend doing that and that because it's such an education tool and you've got someone who built this thing out of $10,000 worth of investment, right? And, and got the education and the bumps and the bruises along the way, right? And so you've got a legal person, but you've also got an investor person. So I couldn't, I highly recommend going to the website and, and going through that quizzing no matter what stage you're at, because just listening to this is like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do some of this stuff as well, because uh, there's always that protection issue. Right? And that's a super big, important piece. Um, once you have your mindset right and you're moving out of time to build some wealth and time to build some, some, some lasting uh, financial freedom, financial controls, then you, the better you can protect and build the foundation, the better that you're going to end off in the, in the very end of this. And so, um, Scott, thank you so much for coming on Money Talkers with me. Uh, we're going we're gonna to hold on and do the high impact series, so make sure you come check that out. But uh, I want to say, is there any, anything last thing you want to say? 
And I just, I really appreciate coming to be here. And I just want to encourage everybody that if you've been waiting to take action at this part of your life, like come join me, like I'll hold your hand with it, with us and the other community members here to help you get to the place that you want to go to, right? So you're not alone out there in the world. We've helped tons of people be able to do this that are just like you. All you really have to do is just come and just come and be a part of the community. Yeah, you have to take action. That is the number one biggest trait, biggest way. If you don't do something, it's not going to happen for you. So get out there and take action, Money Talkers, and uh, come check us out on the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.